This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm Jason Shear here, joined with by Shelby Shear. And uh, the reason I'm opening it is because Shelby has a punching bag. She's uh, she's attacking right now. I did ask permission to come home. Usually Shelby actually gets mad at me when I tell her Arizona's fine. And then they're not fine. I'm able to enter our house. But yeah, not a uh, not a good loss. No such thing as a good loss, I guess. But Arizona loses to ASU 89-88 to at the buzzer. Shelby, before we get into anything, um, the rumor is Aurora texted me. That is not a rumor. It said, Dad, I've never seen Mom like this. Um, someone sent me a video uh, that their doorbell or something took of them live in their house. Shelby, take us through being in a living room with you at the end of that game. I literally looked at the girls and I said, I hope they guard because there is a chance of an upset here. This happens all the time in the tournament. And right when I said that, they got that three. And I don't really know what happened the next minute because I believe I threw our ottoman. Quote from Aurora, Dad, Mom just threw the ottoman. <laughs> I'm not super proud of that. Um, I, I don't really know. I was absolutely furious. But I was furious the whole game because I told you yesterday and she you did. made fun of me. See? I said, ASU is pesky. They have nothing to lose. They're going to come out and they're going to play like crazy. And Arizona is going to have to match their intensity. And the thing that always bothers me, this is the second year with Tommy Lloyd team, when the expectation is the game is going to be a cakewalk, is that whole... Greek concept of hubris. Arizona gets cocky. I don't know what it is, but this has happened before. It even happened under Sean Miller. But, like, it's just there's no consistency of focus. Like, it doesn't matter if you're projected to win the goddamn game. You're supposed to go out, and you're supposed to play like crazy every single time. Now, I know intensity and energy, but this is the end of the season. This was a really important game to just, like, get past. And to be fair... That was a great shot. I mean, like, ASU played so well. Basketball is so weird, and this has nothing to do with ASU, but I was just watching on my phone the Miami-FSU game. And um, I'm going to show Shelby so I can get her reaction. This is what just happened in the Miami-FSU game, Shelby. Uh With one second left, Florida State from nearly half court makes a three. It's that time of year. By the way, that Miami game, just I know it's off topic, but to prove your point, Miami was up 54 to 31 at halftime. Florida State outscored them 54 to 30 in the second half 
and beat number 13 Miami, who was 23 and 5 at home. It's that time of the year. If you don't bring your best effort, you are losing. It doesn't matter how much you are favored by or any of that. In the big picture, does this game mean a ton? Probably not. It meant more to ASU. But, you know, it's... Well, let's just go with the questions. The expectation is that Arizona should have won. Yes. Anyway, <clears throat> let's get right into it. What went wrong on the last possession, and would you have handled it differently as a coach, Jason? So... If you look at the bench, it really does look like they're telling Umar to miss the second free throw. Um, but Tommy Lloyd said that he didn't tell Umar to miss the second free throw. And, you know, I turned to Brian, who sits next to me, and I said, miss this. Don't even think about it. Just miss it. And I mean, that would have been easy since they were awful at the right. line Right, and Tommy said it's hard because then if you tell Umar to miss it, he's afraid Umar's going to airball it. But even if he airballs, it's like, so what? You set up defensively, whatever. Um my biggest thing on that last possession was there was just no defense being played. And I realized it was a impressive shot. The majority of the time, obviously, he's clearly not going to make that shot. But the guy that I would say the, the biggest issue was is, you know, I love Pella. I defend him. I'm a Pella fan. Yeah, he had a good game on paper. He was backpedaling as soon as that ball went inbounds. And yep. all you have to do if you watch these shots is get in his way and put your hands up. And what's the worst case scenario? You foul him, right? You foul him before the shot and he gets two free throws, right? You foul him and he has to hit three to win the game. For I don't care about the distance. You just, you can't give up an open look to anyone at that point in the game. But when you look at the bigger picture in this game, um, it was kind of a, a microcosm of the entire game because how many open shots did ASU have? And the beginning of the game, you know, it was kind of like, oh, they're making lucky shots, and, and, their, and their shooting percentage did go down. They were hitting a, a stupid rate. But it got to the point where ASU's 36 made field goals are the most that it's had all season. And so it was just, it, it was, nothing went right. Forget what went wrong in the last possession. Nothing went right. Okay. Well, beyond the last shot... What went wrong for Arizona? It was just to me, Arizona has issues against teams like this for whatever reason. Like, I actually worry less about Arizona next week. And I'm not saying they're going to win one or two games, but I know they're going to bring it both games. Washington State, Utah, ASU. You just, you don't know what... Like, Arizona, for some reason, doesn't play well against these teams. And it's almost like it's kind of a joke, but now it's become serious. We're like, I worry more about Arizona in the first round than the third round of the NCAA tournament. You know, and it's like, you you because you have to bring it. But in terms of specifically today, I mean, I just thought the defense was awful. It's terrible. You know, and, and, and again, like, ASU went 11 for 28 from three, which isn't great. But, you know, the rebounding effort, Arizona won the glass by seven, but... ASU had six offensive rebounds for 10 second chance points. ASU had 30 points in the paint, and so did Arizona. Now, ASU is very good at defensive points in the paint. I believe I said they're second in the nation. Yeah, they're pretty high. Um, so we knew that it would be kind of difficult for, and, and I'm looking it up, it would be kind of difficult to score in the paint on ASU. They are um, they're fourth in the nation. I mean, that's pretty damn good. 
Like, they are a legitimately good defensive team. So Arizona, at times struggling on offense, like to end the game, doesn't concern me as much as letting this team do what it wanted um, offensively. DJ Horn should not be scoring 18 points with seven assists. The Cambridge, you know, 19 points. Warren Washington scoring 16 points is insane. And I like Warren. You know, I've said that ASU yeah, doesn't give him the ball enough, but that's insane. Um, you know, Jemiah Neal scoring 12 points is stupid. Alonzo Gaffney scoring 10 points is stupid. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, it, the defensive effort overall was just bad. And a lot of times you'll hear coaches say defense travels. And what they mean by that is if you're a good defensive team, you're going to be able to win games where your offense isn't great. You know, look at the first UCLA game. They won 58-52. to 52. There's been games where Arizona has defended well. I mean, remember, Arizona had that stretch where they defended really well, and they've kind of gone back into that area where they're not a very good defensive team. Um, I thought overall, you know, it, it just, like, it, offensively, what are you going to complain about, right? I mean, Cedric Henderson had 19. Pella had 16. Zoo had 17. Kerr had 10, had five assists to two turnovers. Courtney Ramey had 14 points. Um, turnovers, they had 13 of them. You know, it, not a huge issue. Only had five in the second half. Free throws, if you're going to go to the line 34 times, you got to make more than 23. And it felt like, you know, you look at it and Umar was three of six. Pella was three of six when he's normally a great shooter, right? And, and so... It felt like when, you know, Arizona had 16 assists on 27 made buckets. ASU had 14 more field goal attempts than Arizona. That does not happen to Arizona. And so it just felt like it was one of those games where, you know, Arizona's defense and, and, and like, the play up near the end where Julius got stripped on the ground. That was ridiculous. That summed up the game. And, and you hate to say, I hate saying a team wanted it more than the other, but it absolutely felt like that because in crucial moments, ASU got the key rebound. ASU got the, the key steal, right? And ASU made the key defensive stops. And so it, I hate saying it, but it, it absolutely felt that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm still processing. Um, so I have to ask, is it officially time to be concerned about Azulis? Look, I love Zoo, and, I, and, and I've been on his, he's the player of the year in the conference. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. The problem is, I think he lost it tonight. And the reason I say that is because you cannot bench the player of the year in the conference at the end of the game. 
because he can't defend. Nope. You cannot be a one-way player. Offensively, he was fine. 17 points, 5 for 8, 7 to 9 from the line, 9 rebounds, 2 assists. Offensively, he was fine. He had that sequence, big sequence in the game. Had to take him off the court because he could not defend Cambridge or Washington or Gaffney. Like I said, 10 points in 19 minutes for Gaffney is ridiculous. ASU going small, and Ajulis had no idea where he was. And Tommy said it. This is the hardest that Tommy's been on Ajulis. I'd have to go back and look. But he basically said, you got to defend. I don't look at offensive numbers. I I look on effort, defense, and all that. And if you can't defend, you're not going to be in the game. And, you know, people are are talking about Houston and all that. Zoo's biggest trouble against the Houston teams and all that was offensively, he disappeared. He didn't disappear offensively. He was fine. Defensively, it was a nightmare. Worst defender on the court. And, you know, it's just, it was a situation where he just, you got to play both ways this time of year. If you don't defend, you cannot play. And we always used to go, and I'm not, I don't want to compare Sean Miller, Tommy Lee, that's not what I'm doing. But people always say why certain guys for Sean Miller didn't play, even though they were good offensively. And the answer was always the same. If you're going to play for Sean Miller, you have to defend. Well, today, Tommy said, if you're going to play for me, you have to defend. And Zoo wasn't defending, and so he didn't play. Yeah, the optics here versus Jaime Hawkins are not good. And Jaime plays hard every time. And I am more than okay admitting that. So if he lost it tonight, that's really on him. And actually, his performance lost several games. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a concern. I mean, you got it because, again, I'm not concerned about his offense. I think that will come. But you have to be able to defend at this level this time of year because we saw it. And I said it last year when Arizona was in the tournament that they were facing teams that defended Arizona better than any team. And, and the, I don't think people realize, really, uh, until you see it in purpose, in person, the level of defense in the NCAA tournament is so much higher than it is in the regular season that if you don't bring it defensively, you're, you're the odd man out. Yep. Like, that's just it. Like, every team in the NCAA tournament defense. And maybe it's just a regular season Zoo's frustrated. I I don't know. But it is absolutely something that they need to get fixed sooner than later. Okay. Um, Is this a larger picture situation or just a bad loss? I don't know. It's hard to say right now. Ask me next week. I mean, look, if if Arizona goes and splits next week against two good teams and takes one out of two, you know, a lot of teams aren't doing that. If Arizona somehow sweeps, nobody's doing that. If Arizona goes 0-2 and plays like crap, it's probably an issue. But I've, I've been consistent in saying I, regular season performance doesn't mean much to me in the NCAA tournament because we've seen so many teams that go into the tournament on losing streaks and turn it on or teams that have been crap all year and then turn it on in March and play well. It's kind of a crapshoot. It's all about matchups. But I will say that it is a concern in the larger picture that Arizona has lost only to teams that it should have beaten. Like, there isn't one loss, like maybe at Oregon, I don't think it was an awful loss, but there isn't one loss. You know, Arizona should have won at Utah. We saw that with Arizona kicking Utah's butt here. Arizona clearly should have beat ASU today. Arizona clearly should have beat Washington State at home. So that's the bigger issue, but then you always go back and you point to the fact that Arizona's beaten some really good teams. So um, it's difficult to say. It's just the inconsistency of effort is weird. Yes. And the one thing I go back to and you might not agree with is I think that this is Tommy Lloyd to a certain degree. I don't know if it's his laissez-faire approach. I just feel like 
he, even his body language during this game in particular, there's just like, that's him being Tommy, but there's, there is a time for a coach to get a little fired up. There is a time for a coach to like light a fire under someone. And who is doing that on the bench? I, I, I didn't see that today. Ricardo. It's always Ricardo. Okay. But. Well, I mean, one, one dude alone did not do enough today at all. Um, final issue of concern. How does this loss impact NCAA seeding? Well, the one's out. The, oh, yeah. I mean, but I don't think Arizona was going to get a one. That was a stretch anyway. I mean, they'd have to win out anyway. Um, I think if Arizona splits next week, it's probably a two. I saw Lunardi dropping Arizona to three. By the way, I thought it was funny that he literally, within seconds of Arizona losing, posted that Arizona had dropped to a three. Oh, yeah. He's just uh, waiting. <laughs> like, um, but he has Arizona as the highest three. Um, you know, look, if Arizona splits next week, I think it's pretty locked in for a, a, a two. It won't be in the West, probably. Um, but but it depends. Like, there's yeah. still, I mean, <laughs> there's only two games left. But, look, if Arizona goes out and somehow sweeps next week, it's a lock. In, it's a two in the West. Done deal. If Arizona splits, depends what direction it splits. If it, if it loses to USC and beats UCLA, how do you give UCLA... The two, two in the over West. Arizona you when, when you beat Arizona twice or UCLA twice. You can't do it. Right. Well, I mean, don't say can't. We're so, dealing with the committee. Right now, I would say Arizona is a two or a three. It's probably the low, one of the lower twos. But the idea, like I saw people online saying that Arizona is in trouble dropping to a four. No. I don't think people understand what the four teams are in the bracket. That's like Miami, who just lost at home to FSU, who is dog shit. I mean, FSU was eight. 8-20 and 20 going into this game. Right. And, right. It was Indiana, who Arizona beat and who isn't very good. It was, you know, and so I don't think people – it's like what I tweeted, and I'm not trying to be an asshole, but, like, people need a better understanding of bracketology and bracketing and how it works. You don't just lose and drop eight seeds. Because at the end of the day, even though it feels like a bad loss to you and me in all of Tucson, it's a quad two loss. Right. And Arizona, yeah. you know, like, it's like, like we have people on suicide watch. It's a quad two loss and Arizona's combined quad one and quad two record is the fourth best in the nation. <laughs> so it's like, well, but I'm, we just had someone on Twitter. I was drawing with someone on Twitter and they told, told me that you need to go on their podcast to learn basketball. And it's like, who said that? Well, it was on Carlos, a Pac-12 enjoyers tweet. It was someone else oh. on that thread though. It wasn't him. Oh. But I was drawing back and forth because they were telling me I should have gone to UCLA and whatever. But the point is, is like, you can't tell Jason that he needs to go on someone else's podcast to learn basketball when you guys don't even know how seeding in the NCAA tournament works. That's what pisses me off. Like, you can be a homer all you want and think that you're going to be a one, a two, or a three. But if you don't understand, like, your comp sets at that those bracket seedings, then Get the hell out of here. I'm just, it just pisses me off. I'm just pissed off in general. Yeah, but so, again, like, and I, and I know, I, this isn't it. I know people are going to be like, you're making an excuse for Arizona. No, I'm not. I'm talking about specific to seeding. Right. You have to say, okay, which of these teams is passing Arizona? Creighton lost to Villanova. Miami lost at home to Florida State. Iowa State lost at home to Oklahoma. You what, So you have to say, okay, who's passing? Baylor? Beat Texas at home. Are they passing Arizona? Yeah, sure. Give them the two. That's your most likely situation. But the idea that Arizona will drop to a four, I'm not sure Arizona would, if they got sweat next week, would drop to a four. 
losing two road games. It's just, that's just not, it's two not, road how, games to really, to it, really it's not how it works when it comes to seeding. And again, I'm not making excuses for Arizona. I'm not saying feel better because other teams lost. I'm talking about it specific to seedings. You have to look at the big picture, who's winning, who's losing and all that. You can't just say Arizona lost. That means that they're dropping out or whatever. Because number six, Virginia, might lose again to North Carolina. They're not passing. You know what I mean? You look at the top 25, Creighton lost. Iowa State lost. Um, you know, it, number eight, Texas lost. Number 25, Texas A&M lost. Kansas barely beat West Virginia. Number 13, lost. Teams lose, guys. Like, that's the way this works. And so that's how you look at bracketology. Look at the other teams losing and who they're losing to. Thank nice. You. That was nice. Thank Bing you. Bomb. I will say I could be magnanimous enough to say that I was actually impressed with Bobby Hurley and ASU today. Like as far as being a rival, even though you told me they're not our rival. Yeah, they are. ASU is a rival. They're not the rival. UCLA is. Well, I'll say this. Like, uh, and, I, and I tweeted this, and I actually talked to the SID of ASU, Doug, who's a great guy. I think if ASU splits next week, they deserve to be in the tournament. No mm -hmm. questions asked. They You're do. talking a 20-some-odd win team. Really no awful losses. I think they deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. But they have to split next they gotta, week. They got to win. Well, I mean, they're feisty, man. I can see them going in and really giving USC trouble. And I could maybe even see them being an upset with UCLA. Yeah. Which I don't think UCLA was expecting. I wonder if they were watching that game going, holy crap. I don't know. There's more threads about the UCLA board on me than the fact that they have a game tomorrow. They're a super weird, insecure fan base. That is really weird. They're very insecure. I mean, I know. Only... I know some of their fans. It, it's funny because some of their fans are like, "We hate Jason," but then meanwhile they listen to my podcast. So shout out. Thanks, to you guys. guys, for bus like putting our numbers up. Um, also, you know, we do know that Dave Hickey is on the tournament selection. Yes. The, so if UCLA doesn't get the seed, yes, it's a, I love the, the conspiracy theory that it's Dave Hickey's fault, even though he has to recuse himself from by the, the way, room this, when Arizona is being talked about. And it wasn't a, a problem when Jarman was on the committee oh, right. last year because right. he's a stand-up man. But Dave Hickey, the idea of Dave he's Hickey, so shady. the idea of Dave Hickey cheating for Arizona is so asinine. If you've ever met Dave, that is just like so stupid. UCLA fans don't need the conspiracy theories to prop themselves up. We team. all know UCLA is a good team, but it's like this weird, like big brother, little brother situation where the big brother just wants to grind the little brother under their heel no matter what is what it feels like. And Whatever. It's just really immature. I'm over it. Anyway. You're famous. You yeah. don't need to worry about that, right? Thanks for joining us. Shout out to all our listeners from Tucson to Westwood. Oh, that's so sweet. Also, be glad I didn't burn our house down. <laughs> Correct. I was really nervous walking in there. So, bear down. I almost got Shelby tickets to this game. God help us if Shelby was in attendance. I'd, we'd be, what jail is the nearest to U of A? I have no idea. That's where you'd be, though. But that's where I would be. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.